0: good afternoon good afternoon everyone and welcome to ahead of the crypto curve where we are creating satoshi millionaires one family at a time one day at a time one bitcoin at a time one satoshi at a time and ladies and gentlemen that means you I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you, because it absolutely matters. I cannot believe that today is Monday, July 31st. We are on the other half of the year. And so it is July 31st, 2023. And I would like to say happy birthday to several of our cryptopian celebrities who have birthdays today. We have Larry Watterson of Concord, North Carolina. Happy birthday to Linda Morgan Sam. Happy Birthday, Sister, and she lives here in Los Angeles, California. And happy birthday to Christian Summer from Middleton, Middletown, New Jersey. And happy birthday to Kaiser Obadai from Alexandria, Virginia. Happy birthday to each and every one of you. I hope that your day is filled with all the love, joy, peace, happiness, and understanding you deserve on this day, your birthday. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got a lot to talk about. In fact, uh, I have really been doubling down on this BRICS conversation. BRICS standing for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. As you know, in the month of August, they will be meeting. And we have talked several times on the show about what BRICS is planning in reference to a digital currency that is backed by a commodity or some commodity. And we have been watching countries all over this world stack gold. And so I'm going to keep you posted as it relates to what is happening with the BRICS because the general consensus everywhere is that they are looking to do a de-dollarization. And um this weekend the prime minister or the financial minister over in South Africa stated that they will not be talking about this currency as at this particular meeting which allows us to take a breath of fresh air i'm just going to be honest i think every stagnated situation that we have right now is in our favor because it's given us the opportunity to really get our ducks in a row because things are getting tighter things are moving towards central bank digital currencies and uh, the longer that we have to prepare i think the better especially for those of us that are sitting around and not thinking that they really know what to do. I really don't want to do anything. I don't know what the case is, but we got a little bit of time, ladies and gentlemen, and it's going we know that we're we're playing a chess game. And it may be 5 to 10 years. And so we're just in a good space. I just really feel it. Everything I read leads me to know uh that we are doing the right thing. The different reports that I'm looking at that just kind of add up to all the gold that's being stored all the bitcoin that's being stored it's really good for us if we're really moving in a forward uh motion just a little bit at a time again we're not looking to get rich quick we're looking to get rich by being in the right space ahead of everybody else and so with that being said let me give us the quote for the day The quote for the day says you're braver than you believe and stronger than you seem and smarter than you think. Ladies and gentlemen, you are braver than you believe and stronger than you seem and smarter than you think. With that, when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to jump into a question that I've seen and heard several times, and that is... People really trying to understand how a hedge fund can actually cross over into the cryptocurrency space. And so I think in order for you to understand that, you need to know what a hedge fund is. So we're going to do some education today. So when we come forward, we are going to jump in to hedge funds because they are coming into the cryptocurrency space faster than we would like. When we come forward, this is KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Nigel Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make sure that you don't miss anything That we've talked about, especially last week, well, anytime, because we are really on a building block excursion. So, you need to build upon the block before in order to kind of understand where we're going and what's going on. So, with that being said, last week we discussed in depth the importance of gathering assets. And the difference between digital assets and hard assets. We also talked about what I was calling a four-legged asset stool. (laughs) And we're going to change that to a prosperity stool. Because this prosperity stool has four legs. (laughs) And it is a hard asset, which we identified as gold or real estate. Digital. Meaning all of the cryptocurrencies, any of the cryptocurrencies, not all, but any of the cryptocurrencies, veil assets. And again, those are assets that are pretty much things like trust, but there are specific types of trusts, and there are specific ways that they are actually rendered and that they're actually successful and they're actually a veil that cannot be penetrated. And so we want to make sure that we have those and we'll talk about those sooner or later. And then we have our legacy assets, which are 401ks, annuities, and all of those things. And I think I broke down some things about 401ks a couple times last week. But you got to go back to the past shows to hear them. So please download the app. Tell your friends and family to download the apps because they can get tips on preparing for this new monetary system that's coming. And they needed to know as well as you need to know the significance of universal basic income and how that's going to play into the ethos of our community at some point moving forward and all of this has to do with technology and the world is changing money is changing and so because all of these different old money things are starting to intersect with the cryptocurrency space I get the opportunity to share the information with you. So you all know that Lynn Richardson does old money and I do new money. But when they intersect, I really get to share with you some very vital information so that we can really not fall prey to the traps of the old because they try to repackage it and bring it into the new and make us think we've got something absolutely incredible we are going to continue on self-sovereignty we're going to talk about this hedge funds and what they're doing in the cryptocurrency space but we are going to really continue to self-educate everything that we do should be about uh, just again self-sovereignty self-educate uh, self-paced. You're gonna do all these things yourself. Self, you self custody, and so we are not necessarily being uh, stingy saying that we're only gonna do for self because we definitely are going to do for family and community. But the word self is most important in this monetary system moving forward because nobody looks out for self like you look out for self, and so we've got to do these things. So. Let's do this, because I've got a lot of questions, uh, friends and family, about what exactly a hedge fund is. And why is the media talking so much about these Bitcoin hedge funds? funds. And um, so I'm going to, I guess I could say I'm going to break them down by strategy. But um, I am going to really talk to you today about just understanding them so there are so many alternative investments out there but before we get into hedge funds um, I'm going to complete the schematics of really talking about what an alternative investment is in this universe and it's really pretty simple alternative investments are commodities and remember ladies and gentlemen our government deemed Bitcoin as a commodity. We are praying that they give Bitcoin to the CFTC. Uh, and that is the organization that handles commodities so that they can give us the rules and the regulations. But anyway, they've already deemed it a commodity. So in alphabetical order, we have commodities. We have Hedge funds, their alternative investments, infrastructure. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm hoping this ties in when I say bail assets. It's more in infrastructure than bail assets, but it's a structure by which you don't uh, evade taxes, but you actually do all the things you need to do to avoid taxes but that infrastructure also keeps you free and clear of lawsuits or anything else that may take your wealth. We have never bona fide in our community been in a position to be able to protect ourselves as much as we can right now. Private equity is another alternative investment and last but not least real estate. So As we look at the ultra high worth individuals in this world and the financial institutions that deal in the money space with these pension funds. Remember I told you about those pension funds last week and how they wanted to make sure that they were able to keep money in their companies by doing away with pensions. But these are the same individuals, ultra high net worth individuals with these pension funds, and their sovereign wealth funds. Now, I'm not quite sure who their sovereign wealth funds are for, but they're not us. Um, And then insurance companies, endowment funds, and they all invest in this different uh, asset class, all these different assets classes, including um, the commodities Again, Bitcoin, and then we're talking about gold and some of these things. But these endowment funds invest in all of these classes. So why do private bankers sell hedge funds? So this is going to answer some of you all's question as to why they're pushing this Bitcoin ETF hedge fund off on everybody. Rich people... Have rich problems. <laughs> I'm just going to say that again. Rich people. Have rich problems. In fact. I think it was. Uh, Hova. That said. More money. More problems. M- and more. Bigger problems. Right. So. These problems are so much bigger. Than us. Regular. Everyday folks. And I'm never going to call our community poor. We just regular. Everyday folks. So. But. They have problems nonetheless and these problems most of the times ladies and gentlemen are portfolio management tax liabilities successions meaning when somebody dies or estate planning same thing uh, philanthropy and asset protection imagine that one day i am going to have a problem about how many nonprofits in my community i'll be able to donate money to that's going to become a problem because i got so much money i've run out of organizations right so i want to have a philanthropy problem like them but they have those types of problems and some so from a portfolio management perspective Hedge funds make a lot of sense for a lot of these ultra wealthy people. In theory, hedge funds enable investors to increase their returns without increasing risk. And so, all the time, you hear me say, have. Well, I shouldn't say have Bitcoin because I am not a financial advisor providing any financial advice. I am rather suggesting that you follow me and I am saying in theory that a hedge fund enables me as an investor to. Uh, increase my returns without increase increasing my risk. And so that being said, if I was interested in a hedge fund, which I'm not, I would be giving myself exposure to Bitcoin as opposed to having the real thing, the real Bitcoin. And so I'm going to go with the latter. I want the real thing. I don't want the exposure. So if the prices are rising, They are making money with these hedge funds because, again, you have exposure. And so in this Bitcoin space, everybody who is afraid of Bitcoin for whatever reason, you know, it takes a while to unlearn ignorance, especially when they were pushing to people that Bitcoin was only being done by thieves and criminals. And so uh, people are still a little bit apprehensive about Bitcoin. But now that they're talking Bitcoin hedge funds and they're getting through the first layers of uh, OKs or approvals through our federal government, eyes are starting to raise and people are trying to figure out what they should do as it relates to a hedge fund and i again can't give you any financial advice but ladies and gentlemen do you want the fake meat that they're making that they're manufacturing and i'm talking about fake meat chicken because it's real i just got finished Taking a look at that this weekend. Or do you want the real chicken? The chicken that you grow and that you corn, you give the corn and the grain and you feed it well and you treat it where it's free range. Or do you want this... Uh, chicken that's manufactured in the lab and the dna has been altered to make it plump and fat i have seen some of the biggest chicken legs lately in the world so i guess that's a great analogy you do not want their plumped up fake chicken legs you definitely want the organic corn fed thing and so bitcoin would be the organic corn fed chicken and these ETFs and hedge funds and whatever else they want to do around Bitcoin is they're pumped up junk that they're going to sell you. That's going to cause your kidney to fail and some other things. So we just got to be careful about that. So I just wanted to say that and I know I'm being a little bit silly, but really this we have no time to lose. We have no time to lose money and we need to just really understand What is going on? So what are hedge funds? So when somebody by the name of Alfred Winslow Jones in Australia. um, Wanted to figure out a way to really make a whole lot of money. (laughs) When he finally moved to New York in 1949. He started his hedge fund. This was an investment company act. Of 1940, again, the government sanctioned this. They allowed it and it stipulated that you must register it with the SEC Securities and Exchange Commission. If you have a fund with more than 100 investors, he thought I'll just get 99 or fewer wealthy people so I don't have to register. Hmm. How is it that they get to do all these little Cute things and not get in any trouble and then the moment we try it we are in trouble so he just wanted to get 99 of fewer wealthy people together here in the United States so that he didn't have to register with the SEC and Jones um his hesitance to register uh was for some re- nefarious reason right that's what you would think but no the registered funds are not allowed to short the market and when you short the market you're betting against the market so Jones thought that shorting some stocks was an intelligent hedge against long of some of the stock so you get a hedge so we're gonna constantly hear hedge against inflation or hedge and so hence jones wanted a hedge fund and so he wanted to short the market and so some of the americans love nothing more than um making sure that they're able to short something and make a whole lot of money from it so jones's fund and his early example of equity long short hedge fund still was the largest class of hedge funds in existence to this day? Actually, in short, hedge funds are lightly regulated, so, hear that lightly regulated. They're open ended investment schemes, and I'm saying schemes open ended investment schemes that invest in the market using different methods than retail are long only investors hedge funds can short the market and leverage their funds by multiples ladies and gentlemen i'm going to say it again hedge funds can short the market and leverage their funds by multiples neither of which long only funds can do that's why they go with hedge funds that's why they try not to 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 do anything different and i said multiple is what what they're dividing and making so that tells you why when those kids went to play with the stock market and they shorted uh you stop y'all, y'all remember that robin hood shut down and wouldn't allow them to do any more trading and we saw C-suite executives on CNN and CNBC crying because they lost money one day, ladies and gentlemen. They have been having their cake and eating it too. And now this new thing called Bitcoin is on the scene and they want to short it. And they want to leverage their funds by multiples in the new money space. Hence, we are having these bitcoin hedge funds and they are also going to us sur- uh, um they're going to um derive as uh futures, options, swaps and express their love for the markets. I'm just telling you this is going to be very interesting when they play out when we come forward i'm not going to leave you hanging we're going to continue the conversation when we come forward this is kbla talk 1580. a safe place to go loud, loud loud a great place for progressive politics kbla talk 1580. all right welcome forward welcome forward so let me just say this really quick um because we got some big news that's happening in the cryptocurrency space as of this last couple of days but let's just talk our finish about these hedge funds and how they operate hedge funds require a large deposit from investors so why aren't a lot of us dealing in hedge funds that make these multiple jumps in in um in profits, right? Why don't we? Well, it is well known and most renowned that they charge a 5 million dollar initial investment. So maybe that's why we don't get involved in hedge funds. Because this is for the high net worth individuals. This is a way for them to stop the regular everyday nausea. I'm not going to say the everyday, everyday Joe. Uh, the everyday nausea from getting involved in their hedge funds. Because they charge a measly $5 million as an in the initial investment. But some of them may only charge 100000 Now, still, that stops the everyday nausea from being able to get involved in their hedge funds. But private banks, how many of you bank with a private bank? That's another issue because a private bank tells who they allow to be a part of their membership. So if you're not a part of the good old, good old people club, (laughs) I'm not going to say boys or girls, but people, the good old people, you can't be a member of their private banks. And you also cannot pool your money together, which they do under these hedge funds. Well, they do it under the bank's name to lower their entry fees and what they call it. I'm going to start using this acronym, but it, they call it they call it. Huwe. Henry. It's H N W I. High net worth individuals, right? That's crazy, right? You you may be listening to something and you'd be like, "Wait a minute! Did they just say some Chinese words or something?" But that's what that's the kind of their acronym for high net worth individuals, and that's somebody with liquid assets of at least one million dollars. These individuals often seek assistance because they have financial problems they don't know where to do or what to do with their money right so this hedge fund are these hedge funds are supposed to cure that as we move into the digital space the bitcoin hedge funds the bitcoin etfs are going to take the place of the old money stuff and so i just need you all to understand the type of money that they're making that they keep us boxed out of So if we hold the asset that they are actually getting exposure to, I just want to share to you how much money we could we could possibly be making. But I'm going to just tell you what we're missing out on. So then you'll understand how much we could possibly be making. And then you won't feel as though I am. Trying to get you to get involved specifically with Bitcoin and not the hedge fund that's that's sitting on the back of Bitcoin. So these hedge funds, ladies and gentlemen, and I've said this, I'm not a financial advisor anymore on purpose because I hate... How they take advantage of people, but these folks got money to t- take advantage of and they will be just okay. But our community does not. But listen to this they charge between two and 20 percent. You heard that correct? They charge between two and 20 percent. That's two percent on year end assets under management. That's what I am stands for. That's a-U-M, and I guess it's um, but it's A-U-M, Assets Under Management. Again, as a financial advisor, which I'm not anymore, we got paid for every single year how much money we had under management. That meant I had, and I, I don't want to throw shade to anybody that is a financial advisor, and I'm not doing that at all, but I'm just talking about me. I got paid at the beginning of the year on how well I could talk and convince my clients to stay with my particular funds and keep their monies held in my particular fund, right? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is 20% uh, taken on the fund's performance. So you're getting 2% year in that goes to somebody and then 20 percent on the fund's performance and so that's a lot of money so for example if the fund grew in one year from 80 million to 100 million the fees would be as follow: the two percent of 100 million two million assets under management fee 20 percent Times the 20 million is 4 million that they would get to keep for a performance fee. Now, I'll need you to think about this Bitcoin is going to do great. We know Bitcoin is going to do great. They know Bitcoin is going to do great. And so what they're doing right now, going to the SEC and asking for all of these ETFs and all of these things to be able to be allowed. They're getting ready to make a massive a lot amount of money. And that total fee is $6 million for the year now. If they're going to make $6 million and they have exposure to Bitcoin, ladies and gentlemen, what could we actually make if we had the asset and held it ourselves? I don't know. I'm just asking the question. This is just a simple example. Because some hedge funds charge a whole lot more than what I read, right? Just, just them to you right then. But... The bottom line is, and what you should keep in mind, is that a high watermark will be in effect. So if the fund drops down to $80 million in the following year, it, it can't charge performance until it goes back over $100 million again. And so this kind of leads to some unethical fund managers closing down their funds and reopening the following year. And I'm going to tell you that they do some dirty business. And that is for real. I don't care who's listening at this point. Uh, Financial advisors or not, they do some unethical practices to make sure that they win. That's why you saw grown C-suite Wall Street men on TV in tears because they lost money one day. They have different types of strategies that keep their pockets fat so if you didn't learn anything else I am suggesting that in the new money space you uh, do like I'm doing and watch me as I hold the asset and as I don't get involved in particularly giving myself exposure to that. So. Um, there's a bunch of different types of strategies. And if I talked about strategies, we will be getting back into the old money stuff. But I just really wanted to um, make sure that you all were understanding how these two things intersect. How does the hedge fund community start to intersect moving forward 2023 2024 and beyond into the cryptocurrency space. And so there's just three hedge fund styles. I'm not going to break them down. You're going to have to do your own research cuz again We will be talking about old money stuff, but I just think they're going to bring them into the cryptocurrency space. And we know that most people that have money, a whole lot of money, and I don't want to say it in a bad way because I really feel like this is has been the downfall of our community where we think people that have lots of money um. Are bad in some sort of way. I don't know. It's it's just something that I kind of picked up on a lot growing up, going to the valley, uh, going to school in the valley, and then being in the financial services industry. Uh, different communities. Just there was an unspoken thing about how nefarious rich people are and how they actually got there. And it's not the truth. But I do want to say that within this hedge fun space. There are definitely individuals that are opportunistic. They take advantage of everything. Then they have some relative value. That's another strategy. And then the last one is event driven. And they're not going to be able to do much of the event uh, driving with a uh, Bitcoin because it's not a merger or a company's not in distress or anything like that. So I am telling you that in the Bitcoin space, they're going to stick probably to both the opportunistic and the relative value because they're able to arbitrage. And maybe one of these days today, arbitraging is pretty difficult. That's a little bit of an advanced topic for people that are in the Bitcoin space it's so when you buy Bitcoin let's say you buy Bitcoin in America for 29,000 today and then you go over to Nigeria and you sell it for 80,000 because that's what they're charging over there so uh, ladies and gentlemen I hope that gave you a little bit of an understanding of what hedge funds are and how uh, they look to take advantage of this cryptocurrency space. When we come forward, we'll continue the conversation because we got a big story on the horizon. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA, KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. All right. Welcome forward. So the big story today, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the SEC is suing Coinbase And Coinbase is suing the SEC and they're going back and forth. Well, Brian Armstrong, which is one of the people that in this space that I care the least about, uh, told the Financial Times that the SEC recommended that he cut out all selling of any cryptocurrency other than Bitcoin. And so he said he had no other choice but to go to actual court to fight against the SEC and Gary Gensler. And so in this interview... Um, the Financial Times actually omitted a critical, con- a, a lot of critical content regarding the conversation with the SEC and uh, Brian Armstrong. And so what they're saying is whether they deliberately did it as a result of an oversight or the author implied that the SEC ordered Coinbase to halt all trading for every cryptocurrency asset other than Bitcoin is incorrect. Uh, Because they actually insinuated that Coinbase should uh, delist everything other than Bitcoin. They didn't really order them to do so. And ladies and gentlemen, this isn't really a big story for me. um, Other than the fact that this is something that helps me to reiterate to you how important Holding of my Bitcoin is <laughs> a little bit at a time, ladies and gentlemen. We are not, we are not weenies. We are not high net worth individuals. I don't figure out how to say that better because I don't want to be a Henry. Um But anyway, we're not high net worth individuals. We are just everyday Working good, fabulous folks, and that needs a dollar cost average our way into this asset that seems to always be the center of attention as it relates to the news, both old money and new money. So ladies and gentlemen, if the SEC insinuated that they should be getting rid of all these other cryptocurrencies other than Bitcoin. They didn't they didn't demand that they do so, but they did give a suggestion. And they also sued them citing that 13 different cryptocurrencies but not Bitcoin were unregistered securities. And so Coinbase actually shot back As you all know, saying the SEC action violates their due process and constitutional rights and abuse of discretion. And so Coinbase and the SEC are continuing to, um, you know, go through this battle. And we're going to keep our eye on it. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we need to continue to, uh, excuse me, I keep saying we. I need to dollar cost average and just continue doing what I have decided to do, which is investing my $6 a day in lieu of my Starbucks coffee or tea, because I don't drink coffee, but tea uh, in lieu of that. And then some days when I feel like Bitcoin is extremely low like if it drops to 25 or 20 I might buy $10 worth of it that day so it's just a little bit at a time a little bit at a time slow and steady the tortoise wins the right the race right we are not here to be the jackrabbit and get rich quick because we're following the signs we're looking at the language of love and the love of money is what they really have in this country and so we're looking at the love language and that love language seems to always have the words Bitcoin in it and so I really feel ladies and gentlemen as though I am in the right place at the right time doing the right thing to continue to educate our community. So ladies and gentlemen when we come forward on this Bitcoin cryptocurrency ahead of the crypto curve conversation, we will continue and we'll give a couple updates because I had an opportunity today this morning to speak with our fabulous Hill Harper as it relates to the Black Wall Street. So I'll share that when we come forward. We'll talk about that. And for those of you that are in Novatech, uh, I will continue to just have a little conversation about that as well because that's quite interesting when we come forward this is kbla talk 1580 all right all right all right welcome forward welcome forward all right so this morning I had an opportunity to talk with uh, Hill Harper about the situation with Prime Trust. So for those of you that don't know, the Black Wall Street Wallet is an exchange that had a custodial partner, which was a trust called Prime Trust. Prime Trust had some financial situations and they were... Uh, taken over by the Nevada uh, Department of Finances and so they are right now in a position where all of their assets are frozen which means if your Bitcoin is still on the Black Wall Street it is now being held and controlled by the state of Nevada. Now, the state of Nevada is going through all of their different intricacies to make sure that they're able to turn the funds that have been confiscated back to those individuals that are in uh, the, the, the different companies that was, were utilizing Prime Trust to hold or custodian their Bitcoin and to make sure that the Bitcoin was safe, right? How ironic is that? And so this is what unfortunately happens in a space where um, a trust is in place to make sure that different companies... Don't lose the Bitcoin from their holders, from the individuals that do business with them. That being said, we are keeping a close eye on the Nevada regulators. As soon as they say that we are able to get our Bitcoin from Prime Trust, we will definitely be first in line to get our Bitcoin back. Now, it's unclear at this time if they are going to allow... The black Wall Street wallet to get all the Bitcoin for everybody and then disseminate it or if you have to do it individually. But please stay tuned because we have our finger on the pulse. He has his finger on the pulse and he's going to continue to uh, let me know what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you as always for rocking with me here on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. We'll talk about Novatech tomorrow, I promise, because we are at the top of the hour. And we're making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. And I want to thank you again because we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you.